You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Welcome this morning. Uh, we're, we're right in the middle of the Christmas season and uh, we, we thought we would continue in our book of Ephesians because you know what? All the Bible is good for us. And uh, sometimes we get stuck just in looking at one passage of Scripture every year, this time of the year. We're going to do things a little bit different today. Is that all right? That's good. Because you know what? The whole Bible is about Jesus. You don't just have to look in Matthew and Mark and and kind of just certain aspects. The Bible paints a picture of Christ and this redemptive story. And uh, so we're looking at Ephesians, working our way through Ephesians. And today, just in between our our carol services and our, our Christmas Eve service, we're going to be carrying on in this passage of Scripture. And so we're going to be reading today from Ephesians 5. And before we do, this passage of Scripture really follows along from what we looked at two weeks ago when Marco shared. It it follows the same train of thought. Uh, Paul's just continuing to explain what he means. And so last two weeks ago, Marco shared about this, this, uh, from this passage about putting off our old self and putting on our new nature. And that, that understanding that when we come to Christ, there's this old lifestyle that needs to come off of us. And this new life that God calls us into, we need to put on. We need to make that decision on a daily basis. And so we're going to read um, chapter 5, verses 1 to 20. It says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not even... Uh, There must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any other kind of impurity or of greed because these are, um, these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is uh, shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it says, said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This whole passage talks really about how we live this out. Uh, how we live out this walk we have with the Lord. When we put our faith in Jesus, we, we're now called to live a life. And really there's five things that we have in this passage 
that, that Paul's saying we need to live this way. We need to kind of start walking this, this Christian walk out. And he starts with this, this calling upon us to follow God's example or be imitators of God and live a life of love. Live a life of love. What a great statement. Be people of love. We're given this example of, of Jesus. And, and this time of year, we're celebrating Christ's birth, Emmanuel, God coming into this world in, in human form and, and taking our place. And all of this, He stepped into the world because of this great love for us. He, he became this offering for you and for me to take the sins of, of humanity upon His shoulders. Why? Because He loved you. Because He was... He was passionate for you because He's passionate, not past tense, present tense. He is passionate for us. He loves us so much. And all of this, He, he does and He gives freely. And He said, look, you just need to put your faith in Me. And in this, you receive life and life more abundantly. This, out of this heart of love, God is love. And so He says, look, follow this example that Christ has set. And, and now, when we receive this new life, in Jesus, we receive His Spirit and we are called to live a life of love. Just as Christ loved, we love. You can't be a follower of Jesus and not love. Can I just say that? You can't say, I, I, I love Christmas, but I don't love my neighbor. No, actually, I love Christ. And that calls me to love the people around me, to live love. You see, living a life of love is not just a vertical love. In fact, I think sometimes it's very easy for us as Christians to say, you know, I love God. I love Him. I feel this emotion in my heart to God. Woo! I love Him. I don't like the people around me though. Now in 1 John, John says, look, you can't say you love God and hate your brother. You can't say it. There's a contradiction there. You see, we love each other as a demonstration of our love for God. And so we call, we're called in this passage to live love, live it out. Our new nature is a loving nature. Do you know that? When, when His Spirit is within us, actually that Spirit is a loving Spirit. And so when we are called into this relationship, we become Christ in this world, don't we? We become His ambassadors. So just as it was God with us, Emmanuel with us, He was the demonstration of God's love you and I now are in that place. We are not Emmanuel, but we are His body. And so just as Christ came to demonstrate the love of the Father, you and I now are in that place of demonstrating the love of the Father because His Spirit now lives in us and His Spirit is a loving Spirit. So He says, live love. Live it. Live this life of love. So what does it mean? It means that we, we lay down our lives for the people around us. No greater love has anyone than to lay down his life for his brother. Preferring the needs of others over our own. It's, it's serving, it's helping, it's caring, it's choosing to be patient and kind, it's, it's forgiving. All of those things are, are wrapped up in love. 1 Corinthians 13 really kind of unpackages it to this, to this level that seems difficult. It's possible with the Spirit inside of us, calling us to live love. That is the example that we've been set. We're to imitate Christ. Love others as Christ loved us through the help of His Spirit. 
Secondly, though, we're, we're called to, to, to live light, to live love, but we're then called to, to live in the light. And, uh, we have in this, this passage, this calling that when we come to Christ, we're transformed from the inside out. This needs to work outwards. And, uh, we have in verse, verse eight says, you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. We're called to live in the light. Now, it's interesting. I, uh, how many of you have had any experience with pigs? Only two people in this whole room. Okay. Not a great illustration then, I guess. I've had a very limited experience with pigs, growing up kind of in a, a rural environment in Canada. And pigs have this amazing ability. You can clean them all up, you can make them look nice, but if they see mud, they're going to get right back into it. Okay? Actually, I think dogs can kind of be like that too. So let's go from pigs to dogs, okay? More of us probably have an experience with a dog. And a dog, you can get all cleaned up, you can, you can bath it, you can shower it, you can do whatever you do with dogs to make them nice and clean and smell nice. You go for a walk and they'll find the mud. They'll find the stuff that just makes them, you know, they'll roll around in things that they just ought not to roll around in. What's the point? The point is this, is that when we come to Christ, we're called out of this old lifestyle, right? We're called from this place of darkness, the place of, of doing shameful things, of of an old lifestyle that is entrapping and dark. And God calls us, and He calls us out of that, that prison cell and says, look, I, I've called to bring you life and liberty. But that liberty is in the light. It's not in the darkness. But our old nature wants to drag us back to the mud. Right? Just like a dog that's been cleaned up wants to go back into that space because the old nature longs to be fulfilled in that space. However, the enemy lurks in the darkness, doesn't he? He, he, he's there luring and, and calling us back to this space that only entraps us. You see, as soon as we step from the light into the darkness, the enemy's got us again. You see, we're called. Paul says, look, you were called out of that. Now live in the light. We, the light and darkness can't coexist. If you turn the light on, the, the, the darkness doesn't just kind of linger, does it? It disappears. And the same thing, when we're called to, to walk our relationship out with God, we're not called to live one foot in each, each camp. You know, where we kind of live a bit of a life in the darkness, a bit of the light, uh, and a bit in the light. Actually, we're called to live fully in the light, in goodness, in righteousness, in truth. We're called to live in that space where God exists. It's a challenge for us. And uh, this is what Marco was talking about two weeks ago where we put to death the old nature. We put on the new nature. We live this out. We're called to live in that space. It's a choice we have to make on this daily basis. Maybe our old ways are, you know, that coarse joking, being a bit greedy, foolish talk, obscenities. You know what? I, I know even in the workplace, sometimes it's a challenge to shine for Jesus. Everyone around you might be involved in doing certain things and laughing about things and having off-color jokes, and it's easy to kind of get caught up into that. You don't want to kind of be that person that makes it awkward for everyone, so you just kind of go along with it. However, God says, look, I'm calling you to step out of that, to not participate in it, to not be a contributor in it, but actually to shine in that place of righteousness, to shine in that place of truth, of love, of goodness. That's our space. What 
What relationship does light have with darkness? It doesn't. So let's live out the new nature. Live in the light. The, the third part is we read through that passage of Scripture. In verse 15, it says, be very careful then how you live. So the whole thing's talking about living, isn't it? How you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So what is the third thing? The third thing is live wisely. You see, when we come to Christ, we, we receive wisdom. But we need to live out the wisdom that God gives us by His Spirit. Make, and, and, he, and He kind of breaks it down into two parts. Paul says, look, make the most of every opportunity. Make the most. That's wisdom, to make the most of every opportunity. How many of you have come through things in life you wish you would have done something that you didn't? Anyone? Okay. Well, I think probably, if we're honest with each other, all of us have missed opportunities. I remember, okay, this is very kind of on another space, but I remember watching stocks of a certain company. And uh, I don't know if you've ever watched the stock market at all, uh, but there was a company that was kind of a rising star. Um, and we were, I was in the IT business a number of years ago, and this company we did some work with, and uh, their stock was kind of low at that point, but they were doing really well. And there was a discussion amongst us in the office, we should buy some stocks uh, um, of this company. And they were about $7 a stock at that point. And I thought, well, you know, the minimum buy-in was $500. I thought, $500, I don't know. It's a lot of money. I was young and foolish now looking at it. But um, <laughs> that company went from $7 a stock to $120 a stock in a year. You know, it's one of those missed opportunities. A mortgage, down payment. You know, it was one of those things I could have, could have invested. I had the money in the account, but I thought, no, that's just kind of foolish. I mean, it is, of course, the stock market is a bit of a gamble, isn't it? What's the point, though? The point is that life is filled with opportunities for God to do something through our lives. And wisdom is to live out those opportunities as they are presented to us. You see, I think when we live a life of wisdom, we're living a life with our eyes open and our ears open to God saying, that's an opportunity for me to do something through your life. This is a moment now. I want to do something through your life. And I saying, look, I want to be open and I want to be aware of what God wants to do right now in my life today. You know, sometimes we're always looking for these, these big moments, the big things. Do you know what? God moves more often in the little things of our lives that become big things. It's the insignificant things that we just follow a leading. We just follow a prompting. It seems insignificant at the time. But you know what? Sometimes there's a ripple effect of eternity that sometimes it, it is much greater than we expect. But it's the little things that we need to take the opportunities in. Not just waiting for the big ship to come in. Sometimes it's just in the passing by moments that we need to be aware of these opportunities as they come. Moments that He has prepared in advance for you. Our lives are not just happening by chance. He's prepared in advance opportunities for us. When we live by the Spirit and we stay in step with what He's doing, God calls us to do extraordinary things. But the second thing is this. He says, look, you need to understand what the Lord's will is. Living a life of understanding and discerning, discerning what God's 
will is. You see, to live a life of wisdom is not to live it in our own understanding. You see, our wisdom falls short, doesn't it? If I'm going to say I'm going to live a life of wisdom, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to read lots of books, I'm going to go to, to seminars, I'm going to learn lots of stuff. Actually, our wisdom falls short because we don't know everything. But there's God who does. And He says, look, you need to discern what God's will is. And in that space of discerning what God's will is, if you live in that space, you're living in a place of wisdom. You see, because the days are evil and there's all sorts of things that are, are masqueraded as wisdom. We live in a context where wisdom is distorted. To be wise in the world sense is often foolishness in God's mind. It's very short-sightedness. It's not looking at the light of eternity. It's looking at it, it, it selfish gain. It's looking at it for the world from the wrong perspective. And so wisdom says, look, I'm going to tune into what God is saying, what His will is in this situation, what His heart is right now, and I'm going to live in that place. And that is the wisdom of God. That is where God calls us to live. Not as foolish, but as wise in God's eyes. It's something that we have to daily press in to what God is saying. It doesn't just happen by chance. I don't think we live wisely by chance. I don't think it happens if we don't read the Word of God. I don't think it happens if we don't spend time in prayer. You know, we can't just kind of by osmosis somehow understand what God's will is. We have to be tuned in to His Spirit. We have to be aware of His, and we have to be willing to go where His Spirit is saying. We have to be willing to go along with what His Spirit is saying to us and move in that direction. Are you following with me? Good. The next one's even better. It says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Although Paul does say elsewhere to Timothy, drink a little wine. But he says, don't get drunk on wine. Okay, so that's, there's a difference between having a little bit of wine. So Italians in this room, don't worry. <laughs> a little bit of wine, Marco's okay. But he says, don't get drunk on it. Because that will lead to all sorts of other problems. However, there is a spirit, a better spirit, that we are to be filled with. And not just once in a while. And it's not just a different type of alcohol, okay? Ah, guy, I, I saw, I thought, I said, yeah, wine's not good, but whiskey or something else. No, it's not. I can see what you're thinking. It's not that. We're going to read the whole passage, okay? Don't, don't get lost on this. Don't get drunk on wine or other types of alcohol beverages, okay? Amplified version, I'm sure it says that. <laughs> but instead, be filled with the Spirit. Boom! Be filled with the Spirit. You see, we live in this space that constantly drains us, constantly gives us a reason to lose hope and, and just feel like we just need a way out. And the Spirit is what gives us life. It's what gives us hope. It's what gives us joy. It's what gives us peace. It's what helps us through the journey. And so Paul said, look, don't be filled with stuff that will give you a hangover. But be filled with something that will give you life and liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's that place of freedom. And so come on, don't be filled with stuff that's short-sighted. It will only cost you more. But the Spirit, that's what you need to be filled with. You know, I've discovered on a daily basis, I need to come back to that space of saying, Oh God, fill me. 
Phil, I need you today. You know, I don't think it's just one a one-time shock where we, we, we come to the front one time in our life 30 years ago, we got filled with the Holy Spirit, thank you Jesus, and we just didn't do anything with it. This passage of being filled means we keep coming back. We keep being filled. We keep being refilled because we need it. We need it. And so Paul is, this whole passage, he's saying this is how we live life. Be filled. This is how you live. You live in that space of being filled because we need it. And so I encourage you on a daily basis, ask for it. Spend time. Speak in tongues. And if, if you, if God hasn't given you that gift, ask for him. That God would give you that gift because praying in the Spirit liberates, it edifies our spirit. Give space in your life just for the Spirit to move in you. Sometimes it's just a matter of stopping for a moment, even in your mornings or whatever it is, and saying, God, just come. Just come. We don't need the worship team playing in the background. We don't need any of that stuff. We just need to make ourselves available. And God comes and He moves and He fills us and just gives us what we need to face that day. Lastly, it says, always giving thanks. Well, speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. I tell you what, drunk people do that, don't they? Have you ever sat outside a pub? People start to sing when they get merry. You know what? Filled with the Holy Spirit, it says, speak to, another, to one another in psalms, hymns, and, and songs of the, from the Spirit. Sing and make music from the heart. But here's the point. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what the last, he kind of ends this whole passage off, is living with thanksgiving. You know, I, I'm fully aware life can be challenging and, and the battle can be difficult at times. But there's a space that, that we need to live in is that space of thanksgiving. We, we live in, in love. We live in the, 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 the light. We, we live in the power of His Spirit. We, we live in, in, in all of these things, but we also need to live in that place of thanksgiving. You see, thanksgiving helps keep us in the right perspective, the right frame of mind. You know, I think sometimes we, we can find life being half empty. or Yeah, half empty. We can see all the things that aren't right with our lives. And we're challenged in this passage of Scripture, just at the very end of it, he says, look, be thankful for everything. Not for some things, but for everything. You say, well, how can I be thankful for everything? You know what? There's this amazing thing in Romans 8.28. I came across it a number of years ago. I'm sure you have as well. But God is able to turn all things together for good for those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. And so even in the battles, even in the, the challenges, even in the hardship, God is able to do something in that. And so I still can be thankful even for the challenges I'm going through right now because He is able and I'm going to put my trust in Him and I'm going to be thankful. You know, I think thankfulness is a decision we make. It isn't a, it isn't a response to good things happening. It's a choice we make in all things, at every moment in our life. I choose today not to, to face this day begrudging the things I'm going through, but I'm going to choose to be thankful for God, you are still on the throne. 
You are still a good God. You are still faithful. I thank you still for this loving community of a church. I thank you for this. I thank you for that. You know what? There's lots of things in our lives we can be thankful for. And I tell you, it helps us to live out the life that he calls us to live in all its fullness if we can be thankful. How thankful are we? You know, Christmas sometimes can be a tricky time of year because we live in a world that it's all about the presence and it's all about what this expectation. And sometimes when our reality does not meet the expectation that we think we should have, we become ungrateful for what is. Maybe financially, it's not easy right now. Maybe relationship-wise, it's not easy right now. Maybe there's family issues going on. There's all sorts of reasons why right now would be a very difficult season to go through. But what is God doing in your life? What has happened in your life this year? Where can you see the, the faithfulness of God? That you said, you know what? I choose not to give way to despair or to what is not, or what I can't do right now, or who's not with me, or, or what's not going on around me. And I choose right now to be thankful for what is. I choose right now. Because this is the will of the Lord. Thank you, God. Christmas Day, thank you, Jesus. You came to this world. You know what? I might not have anything under the tree, but thank you, God. That doesn't matter, really, in the light of eternity, because you were the greatest gift I could have ever received. You were the greatest gift. God so loved me that He gave His Son for me. I tell you what, it doesn't matter if you've got a new pair of socks under the tree or not. A life was given for your salvation, for your redemption, for your life and liberty. Man, if that isn't worth being thankful for on Christmas Day, you've got to get your head out of the something. And put your head in that space of, look, thank you, Jesus. You're on the throne. This passage is all about how we live out our new life. And again, as I said at the very beginning, Marco started it two weeks ago. And it's putting on this new nature. It's, it's living this out. This is what the whole passage is talking about. Live this out. We're called to live a life of love. To live a life of light, of, of wisdom. A life full of the Spirit. A life filled with thanksgiving. And if in any of these areas, we are not living this life out, you know what? The, the enemy is that, well, we're giving way to living less than the fullness that God has for us. Each one of these things comes with a blessing. To live a life of love, there's a blessing in it for us. To live in the light, man, we don't stumble and fall and have the pain and hurt of dark places. To live in wisdom stops us from making stupid mistakes that we regret the rest of our life. To live a life of the Spirit gives us that sense of strength and courage and hope. To live in that place of thankfulness lifts the Spirit in dark times. You know what? All of this is for our good. You know what's the amazing thing about Scripture? Even the Ten Commandments. It's all for our good. If we do it, if we live it, we will live life more abundantly. But if we choose to keep one light, one foot in our old lifestyle, I tell you, we're robbed from the very best God has for us. And so I, can I encourage you as we, again, this week, I know we go into the Christmas holiday season and 
Can we just remember what it's all about? We come to the, we come to Jesus, Emmanuel, who, who stepped into the world. He demonstrated what it really looks like. But now he's called us to live it out. And let's come into this space this Christmas season saying, look, God, I, I want to live in that place in all of these different areas of my life. I don't want to fall short of what you call me to. I don't want to settle for second best. And I'm making a decision to live in this way. Only you can do it. No one else can do it for you. It's our decision we make, each one of us. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.